Episode 2, Punk Rock Chronicles. I am one of your hosts, Rob Inlay, and with me today, again, Chris Turnagel and Stan Mueller. Hey, guys. Hello. What's happening? A, a lot, evidently. A lot is happening, and um, I'm going to turn the mic over to you on this one because uh, you, we have a lot of, man, we have a lot of cool news for, uh, for our listeners, right? Yeah, you know, so we dropped the name for our documentary on Wednesday, and I kind of been uh, putting it out there, and we had our logo design created by Jason. Uh, he actually is known as Mr. Hat, and uh, I think it came out really good. So the documentary name dropped. It's um, where the county line ends. The evolution of Orange County punk. So what's cool about this name is. We got Chris actually kind of uh, came up with the concept uh, based on a DI song. Chris, you want to talk a little bit about that? The limit of your mind is where the county line ends. Is it a DI song, a detour song, a Rick Agnew song? Um, who? <laughs> They're all one in the same, well, if you ask the, me, right? Like, who put that song out? I think uh, Rick of the but, Detours would lay claim to that as far as the first people to write it, play it, you know, maybe not record it. I think DI. Was the first to record that song, right? I don't know, but it, it, I think it's a fitting title just because you're looking at Orange County, Orange County, just the, the border of Orange County all in general, and then you have the scene that lives inside that county um, with the county line ends. It's kind of where the Orange County scene kind of breaks away, and I don't know. I ju we just found it fitting, and then we had the evolution of Orange County Punk, which refers to the the time span that we're covering so we're looking at right now the earliest band is 1977 uh the detours claim that they got together in 1977 and started jamming um and we take it all the way to 2022 with uh new bands that are just forming so i think it's uh the evolution is uh, uh, the proper term in my opinion well, also, I think Chris nailed it, absolutely nailed it with the county line because it's so funny. The one thing that we've learned throughout all these interviews is how outsiders viewed the Orange County punk scene. It was way differently viewed than L.A. punk rock, which was more artistic-based, right? A little more, a little more um, <clears throat> I'm, I don't know, I'm not saying creative, but they were a little more accepting of different types of punk rock or punks or whatever and uh, orange county had a kind of a different vibe man like definitely a, a different vibe and it was it set it apart from every other scene i think yeah i saw it as more actually melodic yeah like, a lot of people said that in the interviews but i agree it's like it was there was melody it was kind of you could tell it was really beach influenced with a lot of like these early bands so it's kind of like beach boysy like Beach Boys know. punk. Well, a lot of people jump off with that off. like surf beat, like to tat tat tat. 
like the Agent Orange um, sound, I guess you would call yeah, it. Yeah, well, that and like uh, the Fullerton, the Fullerton sound, definitely a lot of bands emulated that. Um, going all the way back to like, I think there were bands, uh, you know, before our time, like the Mechanics and, you know, bands like that. And then, of course, right. the Detours. And there was that sound that just sort of developed and became... Um, <clears throat> so widely emulated, but throughout Orange County, but again, much different than outside of Orange County. So the county line was, I think, a really good way to to, to kind of under, underscore that. Yeah, not to like say that, oh, all Orange County punk was super melodic and singy, because we had bands like Divisia back in the day and all these like super crust punk bands, and we have narcoleptic youth and bands that are super fast, and they're definitely not singy bands are more fast hardcore bands so and there's all kinds of stuff um yeah <laughs> i don't know where I'm yeah going no it it's uh but it's definitely a unique microcosm of of bands and artists that seem to be a little different than outside the county line so it's perfect i i think it was um it was well played on your part chris good idea and stan man you have hustled so hard to make all this happen dude you, the way <laughs> like you know how you were talking on the last episode um about how with Paul about how you talk to Paul like a hundred times and that you know he, he put you in touch with all these different bands and you've been back and forth dude I know you've been working really hard and to put all these bands uh, on on our interview list was a lot of work man you did a good job <laughs> it's crazy yeah thanks man it's just uh, the casting is, is yeah it's it's just a an enormous feat in general just because there's so many so many people involved and there's orange county's got such a diverse sound it's like there's so many elements and like chris was saying there's the melodic there's the hardcore there's the you know the really heavy like um you know you had the peace punk scene you had the the oi scene you had there's just so many elements to orange county nobody ever wants to talk about the ska scene a yeah. lot of people wanted to talk about the ska scene in the in the 90s. Yeah. St. Ferris was a huge band, so it I was mean, yeah. so it was no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> so no, and but all I the know, others. But you're absolutely right, man, and like it is uh it's probably really tough for you to sift through all these different bands and different types of bands and, and decide who we're going to reach out to. And I know you've reached out to so many bands. Try not to leave anybody out, you know. Yeah, that and also just I'm, we're trying to reach out to not just bands. I mean, I've, I'm talking to like Scratch Magazine, if you remember that magazine from the 90s. I do. I've got two or three or four even. We're going to do one Scratch Magazine session with Scott President, I think his last name is, and um, some of the other players. Uh, the photographer, there's another guy named Scott who actually took all the pictures, and he's going to be hooking us up with a bunch of pictures from like 1993 to 99 that he used for that magazine he's got he's got to go into his archives and he's going to do that for us um but not only you know i'm talking to some of the music writers from the oc weekly you know before that place went defunct and out of business and um you know so we're talking to journalists as well we're talking to photographers you know is commie know. girl still a Remember Kami yeah, Girl? Yeah, she wrote for the OC Register. Or, uh, Week, OC, uh, Weekly. OC Weekly. Uh, I, I just know. remember that name. Yeah, Kami Girl. I don't know. <laughs> I was a really big fan of that magazine, and it was a real bummer. I, mean, I understand the idea of paper print magazines. Or, you know, it's sort of outdated. It doesn't work anymore. You can just go online. But there was something about waiting for that magazine to come out every Thursday yeah. and then going to the rack and grabbing that sucker and finding out who was in town. 
well yeah you for the get, next month. it was that remember that famous like um the showcase theater page yeah that literally had there would be like the big ones like the galaxy the doll hut the the showcase theater out in pomona is that where it is yeah alex's um, that would doll have hut. like the main you would see like oh my god like freaking i don't know decry and the subhumans are playing or just crazy bands would play out there so yeah i miss that magazine it's cool that we're talking to those people because they were um really responsible for for helping keep the scene together keep keep the bands rolling through here and letting us all know who's here when they're going to be here what venue that was important stuff for us especially when i was a kid you know yeah and they, had, have they a, had good articles too outside of music just their editorial crap they kind of did those investigative totally stories were always interesting but um yeah that and all those like yeah like scratch and so, yeah, you know, we're just going beyond labels. We're talking to, you know, obviously we talked to Hostage Records, um, but we just we're trying to encompass the entire the entire story from all different angles and trying to see what we can come up with. And, yeah, casting it's going to be interesting. And that's one thing that, you know, we have Ricky Menace coming in later because we're doing something we haven't done yet. And we'll be talking about this later in the show is we're going to be doing an open casting call for the documentary so if you want to be in the documentary you can come down and we'll ask you a few questions um get your perspective on the orange county scene and then we will maybe put you in the movie you know know this is good please be be advised yeah we Uh, all saw the movie we should emulate that when we get there (laughs) so this is gonna happen uh this is gonna happen on the 30th of this month april 30th at the tiki bar in costa mesa and i believe it starts at 7 p.m yeah yeah and we've got a couple interviews going on before we're going to be uh interviewing a couple bands i don't want to announce them yet because i don't want to jinx myself but we'll do a couple formal interviews before the show and then we'll set up and we'll have a booth we got shirts we actually got shirts to help us raise money because we're we're doing this documentary all out of pocket right now which is cool diy and we would do this movie anyways. Uh, we're not doing it for the money. We're doing it because we love punk rock and we want to do what we want to do this project. So we're not going to wait for somebody to come fund it. We're just going to fund it ourselves. But there are some things that we want to do that we are having a little bit of struggles raising money on. And so we're going to sell T-shirts. I have five jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't have five jobs. But I, yeah, we I, can I, use the cash. We need five jobs. I so, have uh, five jobs that I never knew. I never went to school for. All of a sudden, I'm a graphic artist. I'm a, I don't know, a sound Your editor producer and Chris. a videographer and a video editor. Wow. All in one. Look at me. Yep. Dude, Chris is, all, uh, Chris is like the recruit of the decade. It's like it's like recruiting a pitcher and the, the kid gets a Cy Young Award first year or whatever just, or goes to the World Series. That's producer Chris, dude. You just learn. Um, so let's, Can't um, do anything without... Um, a team though it's also good to have just just bounce creative ideas off each other and we're gonna be able to do that a lot more after the break um we're gonna come back and we're gonna have ricky menace from taxi tv in and uh i know sam mentioned that a minute ago so that's gonna be a lot of fun we're gonna talk to him he's actually the one putting on that show buzz bash uh april 30th at the tiki bar that's uh that's his his show. So um, we're going to take a quick break. Um, once again, it's nice to be in, in the studio with my friends where things make sense. The world out there is crazy. Uh, you know, I've been reading about a lot of other, you know, outside sh- you know, stuff we don't want to hear about, shootings, school shootings. But luckily for us, there's a song for everything. 
So uh, there's even a song that a, uh, a band wrote that I have always loved, and uh, we're going to play right now. This is FOA with Schoolyard Tragedy, and we'll be back after the song. And we're back. That was Schoolyard Tragedy, FOA, Fluorescent Orange America, people. Great band. Uh, check them out. We all know FOA, right? That's uh, Chris's band, actually. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> but hey, hey, check this That's out. That's me. We just had someone special walk through the door. His name is Ricky Menace. And he is the guy that actually has Taxi TV. He's the one that drives around and interviews people. And he does all kinds of cool shit in his car. And he also transports people, too. So if you ever need a ride, he's the guy to go to. But uh, Ricky is actually here to just talk about Ricky and some of the stuff that he does. But in addition, we're going to be talking about uh, an upcoming show that he's putting on. And we're all involved in it. And we're happy to be involved in it. So... Ricky, welcome. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. The pleasure is all mine. Oh, thanks for coming in, man. We're glad to have you. You are the first, officially the first guest to grace our studio here, or for what it's worth, um, <laughs> concrete room. Uh, this is a cool setup. I really feel the creative process in this uh, in this room. I really do, man. Yeah, oh, man, that's nice. Yeah. Thank you, man. It's that red wall. Yeah, I was just about to say that. You know, it's... <laughs> It definitely draws you into the space. There you go. I like the I like the way it sounds better. Yeah. So yeah, yeah this is a it's a neat room. I mean, it's just a I just sort of fell into it. You know, what I mean, it's just a just a concrete room, but there's no one around for miles. You can make all the noise you want, and uh, I don't have to feel self conscious about 
sucking at guitar or drums or anything else I try. No one's around to complain. It's beautiful. So thank you for coming in here. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Uh, you know, honestly, I wanted to come, and I told you guys before the recording, uh, I wanted to come and meet you because you guys are doing an incredible job. I, You know, I brought some mugs for you because, you know, it's just to show our gratitude for what you're doing for the creative community that I'm a part of. And, uh, you know, Stan, you talked about, you know, the the taxi tv thing uh, honestly it's not my thing this is not mine this is our broadcast we we involve everybody that wants to keep the buzz alive you know the artists the musicians the photographers it's their platform it's our platform and that, and i think that's why it's so successful because everybody is welcome to input everybody's welcome to share you know and uh, i'm just so lucky to you know have that opportunity to bring people into the cab and uh interview them or play their music or whatever you know we feel that man we we've been really like overwhelmed by the response since we started the documentary just in how many people are, are willing to not just be interviewed or be a part of the movie but to help with the, the process you know yeah. get us get us hooked up with uh with the right people um locations are a big thing right because yeah. we have all these interviews so trying to find locations has been was a struggle at first and then people just came out of the woodworks it was uh the, the, it sounds cliche to say a community but that's what it is a big yeah. community of like-minded people yeah. uh that are just looking to further each other and build up the scene yeah you yeah. know yeah. so we feel that and ricky's yeah. actually been instrumental because i got your number i think from paul yeah yeah Paul's, i'll call ricky yeah. I'm like, all right. And I call Ricky, and he's like, probably thinking, who the fuck's this guy? You know, but no, you've been, you've he been told cool. me who you were. <laughs> I mean, you guys, we appreciate everything you've done. And what's really cool about the Buzz Bash event coming up is that you've been pushing hard, promoting that. And oh, like, yeah. you put a bunch of uh, advertisements up for the show with with us. You, you displayed us prominently on there. You oh, didn't yeah. have to do that. That was so cool. For you to, to, you know, focus on all these other artists, you know? Well, you know, just like I mentioned, uh, the Buzz Bash is a, well, it's it started as a fundraiser for Taxi TV. We do a party once a year so that we can accumulate some kind of, you know, uh, a reserve for all the expenses that we have as a nonprofit, you know what I mean? Right. And, uh, and it's basically really... Uh, all the artists coming together and donating their time, donating things for the raffle, you know, and at the same time, we give the unsigned artists the opportunity to come and meet the record labels, come and talk to other artists, come, you know, talk to photographers, talk to promoters, you know what I mean? Right. That's really all it is, man. It's just an underdog convention. So let me ask you a couple of questions, if you don't mind. No, how yeah. did you get started in, in punk rock, and how did you get involved in this whole life to begin with? I don't think that you sign up for punk rock. I think you were born a punk rocker, or you're not. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, uh, I got a vest now, and now I'm punk, right? Uh, man, I think a lot of us have been raised with this fucking, can I say fucking? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we're <laughs> like, shy. cut. <laughs> we were you know we we're raised with this challenge like we want to challenge everything that hey that's not right or hey i don't like that i'm gonna i'm gonna do something different than what that's going on so uh I, in regards to when did i start i've been an artist all my life 
I think that's where it starts from. Uh-huh. The fact that I'm an artist, I'm a sculptor, you know, painter, writer, you know, and I draw. Ever since I was a little kid, so I've carried all that emotion with me. And everything that influences and inspires me is basically my makeup. And, of course, the punk rock and roll culture is, you know, is, is very influential, you know. Do you remember some of the early bands that got you underway with punk rock that you fell into? You know, if we want to talk about the American punk rockers, Jim Morrison was like a huge influence in me. Like, he's a huge, like, fuck you, you know what I mean? And, uh, I, you know, I'm a published poet, so I really enjoyed his darkness, you know, Iggy Pop and all those. I come from the, you know, from the classic rockers, you know, that's where I come from. Right. You know, and... Go ahead. Well, it makes sense because from what you're describing about yourself, you know, especially that the poet, the poet side of you, you know, I mean, Jim Morrison, Lover Hate the Doors, you know, he he was he was a poet, he was a true poet. I mean, in, in the tragic sense as well as the creative sense, right? I mean, the guy was, the guy lived and breathed it, so I get that, you yeah, know. Yeah. And then did you uh, did you remember any of the earlier, like maybe some of the earlier Orange County bands that got your attention? Well, um, I'll tell you, my first, very first concert was at the uh, Pacific Amphitheater, okay? I watched Oingo Boingo, and that was fun, you know? uh, I remember start, you know, starting to go to concerts, like my sophomore, uh, freshman, sophomore year at Irvine Meadows with the Smiths and those bands. Those were the concerts that we were going to. You know, unfortunately for me, I was not like going into like the, like the hole in the wall bars. I don't know why and where the fuck I was, but I wasn't there. And like Nikki Showback and all these guys from Electric Kool-Aid and all these guys were playing at the same time when I was like at these other concerts. You know what I mean? It's like, where the fuck was I? You know, we doing were doing... Doing thing, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, you know, you're in Orange County. And that's the thing about yeah, Orange County is... There's a lot you, There's to a lot from. to do. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, everybody is here, but we're all so invested in these in- individual little scenes and things like that. So you were around, but you weren't uh, involved in like some of the, the, the club scene at the time. Right. You know, but you got... But you were invested as far as music and everything. You know, since I was a, uh, a big uh, Doors fan... I tell you where I was. I was at the whiskey watching this tribute band called Wild Child. They were fucking rad. And since I enjoyed a lot of the classic, you know, rock, uh, that's where I was a lot of times. And um, shit, man, I I was following the Grateful Dead in the parking lots doing all the drugs. That's where oh, I was. Yeah. I was uh, <laughs> I was following the Grateful Dead too. But I was also going to punk shows. I was doing it all too, man. I was. Just you know like, what I mean? Yeah, I remember seeing the Grateful Dead at Irvine Meadows. Remember that? Right, right. And then we went to Vegas and yeah. saw them there. And yeah. so we're probably around the same age. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah. So, I'm th- I just turned fifty three in March. That's rad. So I get it, man. Like all those that whole scene too. Uh, like, I always found myself to be, like, open-ended. I wasn't always just in the punk. I was in the reggae. I mean, I wasn't really a big Dead fan, but I liked the party. And then um, I, I, I like the Doors. You know, I always liked the Doors. Yeah, I liked all yeah. that shit, you know, and Jimi Hendrix. And yeah, yeah. I grew up all, with all that music, too, man. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I totally get it, you know. Um, when did you actually start? When Was it, like, the 90s when you started getting into the punk, punk scene? I um, <clears throat> I was writing a lot of poetry, 
and some of my friends were doing shows and they're like, hey, Ricky, why don't you uh, do your poetry to this stuff? That's where I came into the live music. So nice. people were putting music to your poetry. Well, they were actually playing like freestyle and I was just like, you know, like freestyle. Oh, I was just doing the poetry to their like freestyle music. <laughs> oh, that's right. Was it like an open mic night? No, no, fuck no. It was just the bands playing, and they're like, "Ricky, come up here." You're the do singer. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly <laughs> that. My buddy Troy, who just passed away, he was a singer for Thirteen, and he opened for Rage Against Machine at this club that we used to have in Santa Ana called Soul Kitchen. Uh-huh. You know, and uh, he's like, "Hey, Ricky, come up here and do some poetry," nice. and that's really how it all started. One of my friends said, hey, man, I've got some music. Why don't you put some lyrics to this? And that was my first band. It's called Tripwire. Tripwire. That's yeah. awesome. So yeah. how long were you guys together? Uh, Tripwire lasted for like a year, yeah. you know, and it was fun. We played Club Mesa. No, no, Club Mesa. We played... Uh, uh, the Costa Mesa Stag. You guys ever uh, go to that bar? Oh, uh, the Stag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's where Mother's <laughs> is now yeah, yeah, on 19th. Yeah, well, yeah. that used on to Newport be a movie. Boulevard, right? Yeah, that used yeah. to be a movie theater, Mesa Theater. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the Stag was right there, and we did a lot of shows there. So, you know, I mean, that was fun. We played with uh, uh, the Neil Armstrong band. I don't know if you guys ever remember a Costa Mesa band like that. Uh, you know, so I was doing... Uh, yeah, a lot of the spoken word with just friends, like Creepy Nice Guy, the guys from D.I., Sean Elliott, and all these guys. John Bosco was in that band. Well, we were opening for them and uh, playing shows with those cats, you know. But, Purple uh, Bosco. Yeah, Purple Bosco. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. The most... Like, we never, we did, I never put those two together. Right? I like, know. I remember seeing Purple Bosco, but I didn't think it was him. I'm like, oh, yeah. Shit, when I was young, like, he looks was, a lot different than what he did when he was Purple Bosco. Man, it just trips me out because I'm going in this documentary. I'm going through all these flyers, like flyers from the '80s, flyers from the early '90s, just you know, for archival. And Purple Bosco was seriously on every bill of every venue that ever. I mean, they were probably the most played out. Not played out, but they probably were the most playing band in Orange County at yeah. the time. Well, I swear Bosco. they're on every single totally. Yeah, like, it's like a household flyer. name, right? Yeah. Purple Bosco and yeah. uh, Electric, Electric Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid was on a yeah, lot of yeah. those. The Shrinky Dinks were on a lot of those. Bad Mariachis. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the Bad Mariachis? Yeah. yeah. yeah they yeah, played yeah. with those guys. They're on a lot of those, too. It's funny. so funny. The like, Shrinky Dinks, the old uh, uh-huh. Sugar Ray, yeah. Sugar Ray before... Yeah. Well, he became Sugar Ray. Yeah, Murphy's brother, Terry, was in another band called Twister. So Shrinky Dinks, Twister, oh, you know, with all the Stevie 80s, Dirt. All the 80s games. Yeah, it, you know, exactly. So we were playing with a lot of those guys. Uh, after the, um, uh, uh, the, uh, the Tripwire band, I got into this band called Motor Soul. And, uh, that, that sounds familiar. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. We we actually played with a lot of the bands that you interviewed, and we played at a lot of the venues that a lot of the big bands go to play intimate shows like the Viper Room, the Whiskey, you know, I mean, all of them, the Roxy. I mean, we used to get calls from the House of Blues when somebody would cancel. So they'd go, hey, we got an opening, and they knew that the Cadillac Tramps, 
you know, Hellbound, Hayride, Throw yeah. Rag, Motor Soul, local Orange County bands at that time, we would fill this place and all they needed was recovery from the loss of the cancellation. So they would just give us tickets. I mean, shit, man, I'm fucking selling out, not selling out because nobody's buying shit, right? The House of Blues now, you know what I mean? And it was packed and it was a lot of fun, you know? Nice. So, you know, we had a we had a good run. When did um, Taxi TV start? Um, you know, that's a great question. Um, Taxi TV started this particular night. I'm wearing uh, Gabby Gaborno's memorial shirt. And uh, it started the night at the Galaxy Theater when basically they did a memorial for Gabby Gaborno's, you know, passing. And I was... I was there at the uh, at the Galaxy. It's called the Observatory now, with my friend Troy. And uh, you know, I said, Troy, look around. I said, look around, dude. This is all these people for this guy. He influenced this many people, and people are here to celebrate this motherfucker. How cool is this? But we should not wait to celebrate people until they die. Let's celebrate them today, Troy. And that's when I said, you know what? We're going to fucking pull somebody out of the crowd and say, we're going to throw you a party. What's your name, kid? You know, I don't care if it's Christmas. It, no, it doesn't have to be for Christmas. I don't want it to be your birthday. I want to celebrate you now. And at that moment, we realized we want to pick up the, the underdog. The, we want to pull the drummer from the back and interview his ass because nobody takes pictures of the drummers. You know what I mean? That's who we want. We want to talk to the homeless dude. We want, hey, what's up? How you doing? Like, what? Why are you talking to me? Why not you? You know what I mean? You're a part of the scene. Yeah, man. You you've know, seen whatever. things, you've been places, you know? right? You have something to contribute. Yeah. That's so cool, you know? man. Um, not a lot of people ever take the time to think in that in those terms. And you're right. The drummer never gets the interview, <laughs> right? It's always a singer. It's always right? a guitar player. Um, that's just a very cool way for you to put a spotlight on these bands in the scene, but the a spotlight towards the back where it's a little darker yeah. and not no one's looking. Yeah. yeah, I love that, man. That's what Taxi TV is, man. You know, we we take the unsigned artists and we play their music until somebody fucking goes, "Hey, I've heard that on Taxi on Taxi TV," or "I've heard that somewhere." Yeah, uh, we want to play the people that are not signed because Mike Ness doesn't need us. He don't, you know, they don't need us. We want to get the guy that doesn't know how to talk to a label or whatever. You the know underground. what I mean? Yeah, man. Seriously. How long has Taxi TV been in in uh, in place now? Like, how long has it been since that show? When the fuck? <laughs> Gab <laughs> Gabby died. 2017. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, okay. So you guys have been at it. Yeah. We yeah. do five years. You do it every day almost, yeah. right? Well, <clears throat> what happened is. Jenna and I, Jenna is my fiance. What happened is that we decided to reconnect and and kind of just start this whole thing back up with, uh, you know, the recovery that we're in. Okay. So what we decided to do is we decided to go live daily. In 2019, we decided to just do a recovery show in the morning and uh and just to reconnect to our pro our own program and since we have friends in recovery and you know whatever we just said fuck it let's just do a little recovery broadcast the pandemic hit 
and it was like feeding people that were, you know, you know, at, at a soup kitchen. It's like, here, take this, because nobody could go anywhere. The Alano clubs are closed. You couldn't go to a meeting. Nobody knew how the fuck to work the Zoom, you know, apps and stuff like that. So we are on our third season episode, like 800 and plus, you know, days. Wow. Yeah. That's rad. Yeah. I think yeah. that's cool, too, because, like, you know, a lot of these old school guys, I mean, you can't party forever, you know, and they have an outlet to go to, you know what I mean? It's just like, I mean... You know, you, you can't keep it going, and uh, you guys provide that outlet, you know, somewhere yeah. to go and, and, and connect, so that's cool. Yeah, no, I mean, most of my friends, uh, as you probably know, a lot of the people that, you know, that are in this, you know, culture, you know, most of them are not drinking, you know. You know, and then having to go through the pandemic on top of that, where you oh, don't have yeah. the no support system. No, you know, no one to come come sit you down and talk you off, you know, whatever whatever's going on in your head at the time, right? right. So, you, so I imagine there are probably a lot of phone calls and, like you said, Zoom calls when you could, yeah. right, stuff like that. And um, but you kept it going, and as soon as you saw daylight, right, and let sort of the club started to open up again yeah, and yeah, shows started yeah. to happen, there you were, right back in the mix. Yeah, we were. You know what we were doing? Not only were we Jenna and I were doing the like a daily meditation you know, through the Hazleton library, we're reading from like, uh, their books. So it was like, it was like good stuff. You know, uh, we are actually pulling bands like gross polluter, uh, mono deluxe, loose trucks, uh, 16 again, uh, Mesa lanes, uh, tasty nugs, Tasty dogs. A bunch, <laughs> of, a, a bunch of bands. We were doing uh, uh, the divided. We were doing live streams. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, it, there I've was nobody. Yeah. There was nobody allowed at the studio. We were. We actually were renting out of our own pocket. You know. Yeah. Uh, we we're paying for studio time at Bomb Shelter Recording Studios, and we and we rented out the big club room. So it looked like a yeah. full blown like concert. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like a little room. No, fuck. It was like $500 a, a session. Man, that's you know? amazing. So how yeah. long How long did you uh, you just run it for the afternoon and just run through we, it one time? We rented it for four hours. Okay. Four so you hours, had enough time yeah. to set up. Yeah. Run, run we through recorded them. Wow. Yeah. Really? The whole thing? Yeah. So we actually have like live video and audio recordings from like... At least ten bands. Nice. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, during the pandemic. Yeah, I love how I love the hustle, man. Yeah. You got a lot of hustle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so you got you started out, uh, you know, with the idea after you know Gabby's memorial show. Then you know you you were working the uh, the program information and and you know uh, show type aspect, bouncing in and out of the music thing as well the whole time when the when the pandemic started to ebb and. We we got slowly back to normal. You jumped right back in the mix with the bands, though. So now you've got yeah. a new. You, you've been doing Buzz Bash for how long now? Well, we started the. It, it, it was called the Taxi TV Listener Party. That's what it was. Okay. And we invited last year. We invited a pop artist, Adam Turkel from Florida, to come in and do an art exhibit. And to be honest with you, I, I'll give I'll give Adam credit. He's the one that came up with that. Uh, that that uh, hit name, Buzz Bash. I'm like, well, we should call it something cool. You know what I mean? And he said, call it Buzz Bash, because you know I'm part of the Buzz Army. 
Uh-huh. I don't want to call it the scene. It's stupid. I'm part of the scene. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, dude? Grow up. No. When I walk into a room, people say, what's that noise? That's me. That's buzzing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's I like, like that. It fits. Uh, yeah, man. It's like, keep the buzz alive. Yeah. You know, so That's I'm right. part of the buzz army. And anybody that wants to keep, you know, music and art alive, that's the buzz that we're all on. You know what I mean? <laughs> gotta, you got to live it, man. It's a lifestyle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who were the first bands you had that first show you did? Uh, the uh, On the live stream? Oh, the live stream, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, let's see. The Tasty Nugs were really cool. <laughs> That's we, the best name yeah. ever, dude. <laughs> they, uh, they actually had their own studio where, you know, throw rag practices. Some of the guys, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, Tasty Nugs is Frank from Throw Rag and the old drummer, Steve, from Throw Rag. And it was Steve's warehouse. They had a badass, like, practice studio. Wow. And that's where we went and did, I think it was, like, our, one of our first live streams. But, uh, you know, um, we, wa- we, we wanted to be in, like, a neutral place where people can just go and, you know, not feel like they're invading somebody else's space, you know. I totally so, understand. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome, man. Okay, so I figure at, at this point we should maybe take a break, play another song, come back, and then we could talk about this year's Buzz, Buzz Bash. Absolutely. The artists that are on and what we're doing, okay? Excellent. Uh, all right, so uh, do you want to pick a song, Guest of Honor? Shit. Um, right now, once again, we're buzzing off that new spooky album. Uh, I say we play Red Rum off of that track. It's Side B. Side B. First first track on the new spooky album. Perfect. Let's play it. Yeah. Shining red rum, red rum, the blood is stuffed to flow and fall. 
All right, Red Rum by the Spooky. Excellent choice, Ricky. So, Ricky, we want to talk to you a little bit more about your taxi service or your driving service. It's not really a taxi, or maybe it is a taxi. I'm not sure. But I remember talking to you in the past, and you had some interesting adventures down on Beach and Ball. And uh, just, you know, I find that shit entertaining. So, I don't know. You want to tell me about some of your crazy pickups? Uh, I've been a taxi driver for almost 30 years. Uh, as a matter of fact, at one time, I was the general manager for California Yellow Cab. It used to be called something else. But uh, I started driving in 93. And, uh, you know, I have actually owned my own limo and town car service, you know. So I'm actually uh, a professional driver. And today, since Uber and, and, and Lyft took over the industry... I'm a private contractor. That's I, I like to say I'm a private contractor. Fuck Uber. I don't drive for Uber. I'm a private contractor. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of people think that Uber stole the industry from the taxi companies. But in all reality, the taxi drivers gave it away. And that's a sad, that's a sad truth. You know, so while driving taxi, graveyard, yeah, you run into some freaks, you know. And I... I I, I can communicate with them, you know. So I transport drug dealers, freaks, prostitutes. I mean, priests. I, I transport. I don't care what. Priests to yeah. prostitutes. <laughs> I go from fucking, you know, school kids to, you know, homeless people. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I don't care what you're doing. I'm just a driver, and I think that's why I'm successful, you know. I'm not like, what are you doing? What are you doing in my car? What, what are you going to do? Why are you stopping here? You know what I mean? One time when I was uh, driving a taxi, I mean, I don't know. Is this rated G, rated PG? This rated? is rated whatever you got to say. Oh, shit. Uh, driving a taxi, how it used to be is uh, we used to run a two-way microphone, and the microphone, you would key it up and it would send your number to the dispatch like on a monitor so at this this is when dispatchers and cat and taxis would talk to each other and he's like hey i need a cab at fifth and fairview and i'm a i'm a 4 a.m to 4 p.m driver you know and i've been doing that shift for shit you know 20 plus years so i responded to the call when I got to uh, Fifth and Fairview, he says, call me at the park behind the junior high school. There, uh, go see Officer Luna. I'm like, what the fuck? All right, shit. It's not the first time I pick up a police call, right? So I pull in, and there's a couple cops with uh, a young prostitute. And, I, you know, I get out of the car. I'm like, somebody call for a cab? They're like, yeah, take this girl out of here before the kids show up, right? So they put her in the front seat. Oh, shit. You know, um, that doesn't bother me. As a matter of fact, I want you in the front seat so I know what the fuck you're doing. You know what I mean? I mean, because there's times that, uh, you, you know, I didn't have a cage. You know, you, you don't know what's going to happen. At one time, the taxi driver was the number one most dangerous profession in the country besides the 7-Eleven attendant <laughs> or whatever, you know. And uh, I go, so where are you headed? She's like, beach and ball. I'm like, okay, if you don't know, beach and ball is like back in the 80s and 90s or whenever. Uh, it was like 
that's where a lot of the prostitutes lived and that's where a lot of the prostitutes worked like harbor you know by california girls whatever so i go okay uh it's not the first time i take people to beach and ball from this place to this place it's about 30 bucks and she says you take cash i'm like i'll take i'll take credit cards cash whatever right so I said, well, let's get out of here before they throw you in their cop car, right? Let's get away from these cops. I don't want to lose the fare. I'm, th- I'm a businessman, you know. I'm, I, I need to get paid for this ride. So we pulled away from the park, and she threw her heels on the dashboard on her side, of course, and she opened her legs, and she pulled a, like a, a balloon the size of a freaking... water bottle out of her vagina you know of course i'm like okay what's happening what's happening right you know and uh she opened this balloon and she pulled like a huge roll of cash her narcotics and some other shit she had in there and she pulled 40 bucks and says here you go keep the change you know and that's like one of hundreds of crazy passengers that i've picked up and you know in uh you know in a in a shift you know that's a hell of a purse yeah oh yeah (laughs) you know they're not gonna just uh, maybe they'll frisk her but they won't you know yeah they're not into doing cavity searches at the park right right morning yeah (laughs) just get her out of there right yeah man you know i mean uh, she needs to go home and i'm gonna drive her you know Talk about boob money. This is vagina money. You know what I mean? <laughs> that that is that's pretty crazy, man. Yeah. Have you had any? Uh, have you ever had a pullover? Have you ever had to kick anybody out of your cab? You know um, that happens all the time. That happens all the time. One time I was in, uh, I was working late, and this guy. This is at the beginning of Uber, at the end of my taxi uh, 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 tour career, whatever. I was at Triangle Square, and this drunk guy got like uh, kicked out of a of an Uber SUV or whatever it was. And I, I'm just thinking, hey, I'll drive you. Like, fuck that guy. You know, come over here. Uh-huh. You know, and uh, he was drunk. It's not the first drunk I drive. You know, I mean, I'll take whatever directions you give me. I know the area. Oh, you live by that little bush next to that crazy mailbox? I know exactly where you live. You know what I mean? So I drove him home. He lived kind of behind the uh, the golf course, the Santa Ana Country Club. I don't know, I don't know if you guys knew that there's a country club in Santa Ana. It's uh, behind Newport and Mesa in that area back there. And uh, I drove him home, and he fucking just walked out of the car. And I'm like, uh, hey, uh, it's just 10 bucks, bro. I actually just saved your ass, you know? Like, what the fuck? And he's like, what? Get away from me. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, dude, I thought we were bros. Like, I just rescued your ass, right? And he's like, no, no, like, get away from me. Like, I'll kill you, right? I'm like, Ah. okay, now you're being a prick, (laughs) you know? And I go, dude, 10 bucks. Really? Like, honestly, at that moment, I should have just said, you know what? Fuck off. You're a dick, right? But you know what? I... I didn't think he should walk away from it. On principle. You know, yeah, principle alone. And I said, you know what, bro? You, uh, you got 10 bucks? And he's like, no, uh, I don't. And I'm like, well, I'm going to keep your phone as collateral, you know, and then you can 
Come pick up your phone from the yard. So he fucking just like pulled away from me and then he attacked me. And at this point, I'm fucking wrestling with some drunk dude in the middle of the street over $10, right? At this, at this point, I'm thinking I should just let him go because this is stupid. I mean, he's drunk. When I let him go, he attacks me again. I'm like, oh, now I'm fucked because now this guy's become violent. He's not going right. anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So I'm bummed. I, I should have just said, you know what, dude? You know what? Have a good night. Uh, you know, free ride. Ten bucks. Ten know. bucks. Right. It's all learning experience, man. I'm telling you, all of it. Taxi rides, this, that, and the other. Uh, at this time, I'm thinking, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out of here. I, 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 I let him go. And then I get in the car, and he starts punching the car. Wow, and then he starts kicking the doors. And at this time, I'm pissed now. Because I should have kicked your ass, but I didn't. I should have charged you, but I let it go. And now you're damaging the vehicle. So I'm bummed. This is like uh, Christmas Eve, you know, and I'm working Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, whatever. My kids are visiting with her mom. So then I just like tackle him again, right? Now I'm holding on thinking I'm just going to have to call the cops. He fucking dented the car. And then I'm like, you know what? Once again, fuck it. Let it go, right? I let him go. I get back in the car. just say, you know, whatever. Drive away. He punches out. <clears throat> the back window of this Prius. I was driving a taxi Prius, like, you know, one of the wagons. And now now I'm fucked. Now I'm really in trouble because now I got to pay for it. So the guy runs to his apartment right in front of the street. <laughs> I see him go in his door. I'm like, you're an idiot. I call the cops. They come. They go knock on his door, and they arrest him. But now... I'm driving customers to the airport without a back window <laughs> in the middle hope, of the morning. Hope you don't mind a little air. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, some some guy just broke my window, man. It was wow. a crazy night. Well, yeah. at least you had an, an yeah. interesting story to tell your future customers that day, right? Yeah. Like, hey, never gonna guess what happened back there. You know, <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't question. They just think, oh, whatever. The guy's got no back window. Taxis, you can get away with a lot of it. So you're telling yeah. me that people just got in and just took it as a matter of course? Oh, yeah. well, there's yeah. no window. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. When you give get me a in, ride. Yeah, when you get in taxis, people are like, whatever, let's go. It, it, that's what I miss about taxi driving versus uh, Uber. In a taxi, people aren't rated. And right. Ubers are afraid to, to share, to talk, because uh, you're going to give me a bad rating. Right. You know? And that's what I miss about taxi driving, the cab, the taxi cab confession. Yeah. You know, people, this is a paradox. People open up thinking, oh, I'll never see this fucking guy again, right? Let me tell him about this girl that I've been cheating on. Let me tell him about this thing that I've been stealing from. And before you know it, I'm the keeper of your secrets. Who else are you going to call? <laughs> so is that, was that your inspiration for doing the taxi TV the way that you do it? Like your format? <clears throat> Um, I you know what I just wanted to keep it raw. Yeah, yeah. This is one of my. I've got a lot of really favorites uh, interviews, but this one was fun. Not fun, but it, it was heartfelt. I was in the taxi. I uh, used to sit outside of the Santa Ana Amtrak because that's where you get a lot of the homeless, drug addicts, people out of jail. You know what I mean? It's just like every every walk of life. And this lady missed her bus. 
and she was headed to Anaheim. And uh, she's like, hey, how much to Anaheim? And I says, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a free ride if you give me your story, right? And she's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to be on film. Uh, where's this going? Like, where are you going to, you know, uh, broadcast? I'm like, I've got three people watching. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, and she's like, no, nah, I don't want to do this. I don't have any front teeth, she says, right? And I pull out my bridge. I used to have a bridge. Now I have the other teeth. <laughs> I pulled out my bridge and I go, now what's your excuse? I have no front teeth either. Let's do this. Come on. And she wow. gave me a good story. It was fun. It, it, was, it, it was what it was. But the whole thing about Taxi TV was why not you? And why, why don't we celebrate you? Why? Because you have no teeth? Neither do I. Let's celebrate this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. I like the idea that you just humanize everybody. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, give them a sense of, uh, you know, like you're somebody too. You know, so that's Absolutely. great, man. Yeah, I love man. that. So, you know, um, I think one thing we should probably get back to is let's talk about the Buzz Bash and the bands you have lined up. Yeah, we're excited about this. Uh, the Buzz Bash is a celebration of life, period. Like, we're going to be celebrating Jenna's 50th birthday. She turned 50 on the 13th, and uh, she also picked up 12 years of continuous service. Okay, so uh, congratulations to her. Yeah, this woman's on fire. And you know what? Once again, why not you? Let's throw a fucking rager for you. And and you know what? To be honest with you, the taxi TV listener party used to land in March for my birthday. Right. I mean, that was just a way to throw a party. Hey, it's my birthday. Come and party and we'll celebrate everybody. And this year. We're going to celebrate Jenna, and we and we've invited the uh, Anarchy Taco. We got some original members from the Vandals, some of the band members from the crowd play in the band. So it's a rad band, you know what I mean? That is so cool to just hear that. Uh, you you know the the older school. I don't know if a lot of people know the older Vandals. You know what I mean? I mean the the current lineup of the Vandals. You know, it's the most prolific one. But the original OG Vandals, man, they were the ones that put out the iconic albums. And that's the album that they do in its entirety, just like the Rattlesses just do the Blue Album. Well, these uh, these guys, the Anarchy Taco, uh, they do you know the the album that everybody sings along to. You know, Peace Through Vandalism. That's that's the album. They just opened for Di Ts. I think Tsol, Di, and uh, who's the other uh, the band? I, I can't remember, but it was it was them at the Galaxy, and then we've got Love Canal, and these guys play, they they they've been playing for thirty plus years together, like gigs together, you know. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good lineup, you and know. Mesa Mesa Lanes, right? Mesa Lanes, but b- before that we've got Anarchy Taco, Love Canal. Decry, Decry's played uh, with fucking yeah. Black Flag, Circle Jerks. I mean, these guys are from. Talk about 80s, you know, uh, 80s punk rockers, you know. And then, of course, Mesa Lane, who's, fuck, Nikki Shobek's been playing punk rock and roll since, you know, God knows when, you know. I mean, fuck, from Electric Kool-Aid to uh, Dodge Dart and all these other bands that he's a part of. But he's got his daughter singing for him. Not all the songs, but she does an incredible job. 
Audrey Schobeck, yeah, she just released an album herself. So if if you get out there and, and go to Spotify or uh, iTunes or whatever, look up the new uh, uh, Audrey Schobeck album. It's good. Johnny Two Bags is on there. I mean, she basically has an all-star band recording in this studio, you know. Nice, nice. Yeah. Then you got hostage records trust records yeah right yeah. they're gonna have booths and then yeah what what photographers are the, there the guys that are contributing to the exhibit is uh uh michael Boonwan, uh also known as the panda he's a local photographer that has shot you know a lot of the local bands and you know some international uh bands uh, Steve Allen, who has shot the Rolling Stones, they've actually used a lot of his uh, prints for their, uh, you know, uh, tour campaigns. You got some new photographer, f- photographers coming in, Robert Lee Hale, who's also a new, uh, you know. And once again, why not you? Come on up, dude. You know, Robert Lyon, I don't know if you noticed, but I just posted a piece from uh, uh, Ronnie Lyon, uh, uh, of a Mike Ness print, fuck, that is a rad picture, and uh, he just donated it. Uh, we're gonna have that uh, in the raffle, you know. Jenna, my fiance, is also a photographer. She's gonna be uh, showing some uh, uh, prints, and uh, let's see, uh, um, um, Salvatore Baxter, who's another local photographer, he's also in, been invited. And uh, uh, 13 Magazine, John Mayer, also uh, one another photographer. So, you know, instead of art, pop art like Adam last year, this year, we're celebrating photographers, you know, people that never really get recognition, you know. I mean, so many of us, I'll, I'll include myself, we steal, photo, you know, photos from the online, you know, and without giving them credit sometimes. A lot of times you don't know who shot that, so you're just grabbing shit. But this time we want to make sure that they are recognized, you know. Super cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Then uh, the Punk Rock Chronicles will be there. Yeah, th- I'm o- excited about that. Open casting yeah. call. So if you're yeah. interested, we're uh, come on down, give us some interview. We're going to ask you a few questions. Uh, and it's pretty much open, open yeah. to the public. So it's the first time we've done that. That's yeah. cool. We're, we're going to set up a nice booth for you guys there. It's going to be rad. You know what I was thinking too? Uh, we should write out some questions and have them pull them out of the hat. You know what I mean? That way it's not just Good your ti- yeah. not just your typical when was your first punk show or who was your first punk band or whatever. Just some random question. This is a fucking question you got to answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, boom. <laughs> you know? Yeah, a lot of people are really excited about dropping an interview with you guys or whatever it is they're going to give you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. and I'm glad. I noticed a lot of, some of the comments were like, oh, you need more females. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I saw yeah. that one. Yeah. And I was like, oh. I told on. her. I think you said, come on down. Yeah, then. Yeah, 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 yeah. I told yeah, her. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Because I mean, that era didn't have, I mean, we have a few lined up, but they didn't. Yeah, we have LP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You hooked there me were, up with her number. Yeah, there oh, were yeah. A LP is old friend days. of ours. I mean, Orgasm. Yeah, yeah. Third grade F-minus. teacher. I mean, there's a lot of girls out there. The Bell Rays, Lisa's incredible. She's soul runaway gospel singer that's what i like to say she's from riverside but her heart 
is punk rock and roll. That, you know what? I love women singers and just crazy, like Side Eyes. Have you ever seen her? We're hearing a lot about Side oh, Eyes shit, lately. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah. You got to get her in, in this. Side Eyes, uh, you know what? I don't even care who her parents are. I understand they're like some big names. I don't even know, you know? But I like her, not her parents. You know what I mean? I, I'm celebrating her band. These these kids are intense. Yeah, we're going to have to get <laughs> Yeah. You're like the third or fourth person yeah. that's mentioned that name. Ephraim yeah. Schultz from, sure. from um, Death by Stereo yep. was mentioned them like right off the bat. So yeah. like, Ingrid, oh. I think her name is or some shit. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we need to yeah. reach out to her and see if she'll yeah. come in for an interview more, or more something. I'll, I'll reach out to her. Yeah, we're in contact. Oh, yeah, cool. You know who I remember is, yeah. uh, I remember vividly seeing third grade teacher. Oh, they yeah. were rad, man. And the, w- w- the singer was a, a third, third grade, grade teacher. teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was I forget hook. her name, but she was intense, dude. Yeah. Like yeah, she was like were... the ruler type teacher that would smack kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny you brought her up. I uh, I used to throw this party called the Soul Kitchen the first the first Sunday of every month, you know, and I threw just women on the bill. Third grade teacher, booby trap, you know, Frankie. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's another one we yeah, were talking yeah. to. Yeah, booby trap and Betty Blowtorch, who is back on the on the you know on the stage. No kidding, yeah. back on. Yeah. They're actually playing. Uh, Betty Blowtorch is playing on the twenty third at the Redwood Bar. Oh no shit! Oh, we're definitely going to that. That's going to be that's a must go. Yeah, for sure. And that it's a st- tiny little place too. That's wow. in uh, what city is that? Downtown L A. Yeah, Second Street. Wow, that's man, right. that is a uh, that's it's cool to hear these names coming back, yeah. man. Yeah, it yeah, really yeah, is. Yeah. And yeah. um, yeah, them and you know, yeah, they're they're. There were those bands out there. There were bands that would come to town to let it. Remember the the Jenna Tortures? Do you remember them at all? They were like this weird kind of. I don't know how to explain it. Like a bondage band. Oh, they were yeah. the lead singer. She would uh, bring somebody out on stage and torture them. It, pretty much, she had them <laughs> up on a wheel. They'd spin the wheel and like uh, there was some you know there was some whips and stuff in there. It was a crazy band and. Um, I only think of them because a third grade teacher, they had kind of a little bit of a theatrical thing too, not to that degree, but they were fun to see live. But yeah, um, I kind of miss in general, I kind of miss the theatrical kind of bands that would get up there and not just the the jeans and t-shirts. You know who I miss? I'll tell you who I miss. Texas Terry. Texas Terry, fucking, we played with them before. She was insane, you know, with the tape on the tits, you know, and just fucking, you know, the Iggy Pop woman. A lot of people said that, you know, but she was her own character, you know. And then, of course, you've got incredible, you know, front women and basses, Corey Parks from all these other bands. I mean, she is rad. I love her, you know. I, I love Corey. I am uh, a gigantic uh, Nashville Pussy fan, and <laughs> yeah. uh, from you know from from the time I first heard him to now, and even before like Blame was a nine pound hammer. That was a rad band too. But um, I, I remember seeing Nashville Pussy in like the late nineties, like ninety eight, yeah, ninety yeah. seven, ninety eight, and that's when they were like they were just that's when they were on fire. They were nominated for a Grammy for uh, Fried Chicken and Coffee, you know. And watching it was crazy to see how. Um, 
Corey Parks would blow flames. She oh, yeah, was, yeah, know, yeah. And, like, she was, what, like, six foot four? She yeah, is, like, she's six tall. foot four, six foot five. I don't know how tall she is, but she's a towering and imposing figure. And then you have uh, Ryder, who's one of the best guitar players, men, men or women, yeah. in the, you know, in music. She's fucking amazing. So that band in general, that was really cool to see. And you never get, you never really see this dynamic between this ba- a bass player and a guitar player. They played so well off, off of one another. Yeah. And, you know, nothing lasts forever. And, you know, there were some lineup changes later on down the road but for a brief couple of years man that was the band to see she actually did an incredible job when she joined the huns with dp that fucking band was so explosive and that band actually went through a few members but uh i love her so i'm gonna say that when she was in the huns was my favorite you know Uh, you know just her presence alone man you know what i mean so and then of course DP is like I'm not gonna say half her size, <laughs> but it made it kind of like like what the fuck's going on here? They married and went to go have a baby. That little baby Cash is actually six something going into like major league basketball. You know? Oh yeah, he's like I don't know like ninth grade and he's like I don't know six five now. It's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. Nice. Well. I think uh, I think we got a lot. Oh, you got one more thing before okay. yeah, bef- sure, sure. before we stop. I like to say the last band that we forgot the you know the band that's going to open the Buzz Bash Hi Fi Murder coming in from Utah. Utah, yeah. So wow. these cats came to the show last year, and they're super cool guys. And, you know, and they were part of the whole weekend, and then we just said, hey, you guys want to play it this year? You you know we we can get you an opening slot and they're driving down and uh we're really excited about having hi-fi murder they're super cool nice nice that's rad cool man well i want to just say uh thank you for coming into the studio our first studio guest and um great stories you know taxi tv is awesome i mean ever since i've been talking to you i've been trying to catch as many of those shows as possible and Thanks for helping us with the documentary and and getting us connected with all these different folks. That's really been helpful. And um, so, what song are we closing this out with? Did you have a song in mind, Ricky? Yeah, it's it's um it's special guest choice. So, uh, what do you want to go out with tonight? Um, you know, it's so crazy when you're put on the spot. <laughs> all the bands that we play. You know, it's like, how come you didn't play me? How come you didn't, you know, why didn't you talk about me? Uh, we talk about you every day, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and, and listen, if you support Taxi TV, if you come down to the show on the 30th, you know, if you show up to support these bands, you're, you know, everyone's going to get, uh, you know, a, a, an opportunity to be spotlighted. You know what I mean? And uh, just take care of one another, support one another, buy merch, Buy uh buy the new spooky record. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's how you're gonna get your name out there if yeah, you're an yeah, artist. Yeah. How about we go out with, uh, gross polluter, just here for the violence. Oh, <laughs> beautiful. It's a great way to go out. Nice. Right Good. on. Thank you so much. We're out of here, guys. Thank you once again. Uh, episode two in the books. Um, come down to that show. I, I've said it over and over, but I really would love to see you guys come down to support. Uh, I believe it starts at 7 p.m. Well, the first band goes on at 8. Okay. And we're going to be setting it up from 6 on. But uh, if you are a member of the Buzz Army, you get in for free. 
So it's a $20 membership, and it's a lifetime membership. Where, where could people you go know, to get, it, uh, get so that membership? You could just go into uh, uh, taxi t- paypal.me slash taxi TV, put $20 in there, send a picture of your you know profile, and we'll leave it at will call for you. It's kind of like a pre-sale ticket. I'm going to go yeah. do that. That's fantastic, yeah. man. So yeah. Yeah, there you right. have it, guys. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Thank you. And we're going to uh, we're gonna see you guys at Buzz Bash. Have a great night. Good night. Here for the violence!